Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And this is Song versus Song. This week, we have an evil woman off. I've been wanting to do this one for a long time. We are going to be doing Hall & Oates' Maneater versus Philip Bailey and Phil Collins' Easy Lover. And I, I need to correct myself from last week. Last week, I only said Phil Collins' Easy Lover, and that is incorrect. That is wildly, deeply incorrect. You know who Philip Bailey is, right? Everyone here is familiar with Philip Bailey. Yes, but we should get into that once we're in the episode. Okay. Well, guess what? Do you remember last week when we had a guest? Vaguely. It's, 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 it's coming to me. Do you remember who that guest was? Uh, it was um, your, your, your mother's uncle's former roommate? <laughs> yes, I think so. No, it's possible. We, were, we had the entire family living with us at the time. You remember this. I, yes, but it, he said mother's uncles, and I don't think we've ever met anybody by that description. That's fair. Well, anyway, that's my little brother talking. We brought him back. <laughs> you brought uh, him back to, to the stu, stu, studio. Sorry. sorry. You announced this episode, and I really wanted to be on it. And you know what? You made my dreams come true. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. It's going to be one of those, isn't it? The puns. (laughs) Here they come. Uh, I'm back. You you begged your way back on here, and I did not feel like uh, doing all the work or half the work, and so I'm glad you're here to help carry the load. You're the best kind of uh, co-worker. (laughs) The kind that we don't have to pay. (laughs) Doing it for exposure. Um, Yes. (laughs) All right. Now, these songs uh, are the two great, um, I don't know, femme fatale songs of the 80s. I feel like there's one of these that show up every uh, every decade, at least. I mean, you called it an evil woman off, which is, I mean, we don't have evil woman in the running. I, that one, I feel like, is more personal. Like, I hate you specifically, personally, because you are evil to me. Both of these, these are songs warnings. are just... Yeah, like watch out, she'll uh, chew you up. Chew you up, yes. And one one of these women is the city. We'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, kind of. I don't know anything about that. I didn't deep research these too deeply, and their Wikipedia articles are short. Uh, We we do our research on here. Yeah, that's. I like that you say that when when there have been other episodes where you've explicitly said we do no research at all. (laughs) I lie. Every episode is so much work. It is so much goddamn work. Do you wanna do you wanna do it? Let's do it. All right, we're we're doing it. Here we go. Wow, I could I could feel it cutting in the air tonight. It was. Hold on. Oh lord. Okay. Let's start with the question that we always forget to ask. Which one of these songs is better? Oh, no. We're starting with Victor. Victor, you wanted to be on this episode, <laughs> so you can start. That's This uh, is your penance. This is the price. Uh, the, of the three episodes I've been on, this is definitely the hardest to answer that question for. Because I love both of these songs. I, I love them so, so much. I, my initial instinct when I, I voted in the Patreon poll and then immediately asked to be on the episode again... 
was Maneater. And then going back and listening to them, I wavered slightly, but I think I still landed back on Maneater. Maneater? Mm-hmm. Okay. We have one for Hall and Oates. All right. That's a... And that's a half vote for Hall and a half vote for Oates, which I believe is a <laughs> vote of contention between the two of them. But <laughs> um, you know, Hall and Oates, one of the most important duos in the history of the American songbook. Maneater easily, I think, probably in the top five of their of their singles. Great bass line, great through line. Uh, I just think it's perfectly structured. And uh, I remember when I was much younger. Do you remember uh, when you owned your first ca- car, Todd? Did you have uh, a tape deck instead of a CD player, or did no, you have I a CD a, player? I, I think it was a CD player. Well, anyway, uh, let me tell you a little bit about the past. Uh, you know, you used to have the tape deck, you see, and uh, I'd put in. There was like a like an adapter. It looked like a tape, and then it would have a little wire to come out that you could plug into your disc man. So that was how I listened to most CDs, but I would occasionally still use it as a tape deck, and I would even occasionally have um, what used to be tape singles. It's just one song. The single. The single. Yeah, that's right. You're one of those people who bought a single. I had. I had them. I had them occasionally, and let me tell you something um, related to this episode. I remember in 1999, I had one cassette single that I listened to constantly it was maybe the only song i listened to when i was in the car for the span of a couple of months and as you have all already predicted that song was you'll be in my heart by phil collins from the disney's tarzan (laughs) soundtrack i fucking love hollow notes fuck them it's easy lover all the way (laughs) by by the way true truly i tweeted this already you'll You'll be in my heart is what my (laughs) one of the best Disney songs of all time. I'll die on that hill. Raven, my spouse, uh, I believe is planning to divorce me right now. Um, For many reasons. That's like probably in the top hundred. I will never, never understand people of a certain age's love for the Tarzan soundtrack. I really will not. So good. It was mocked then too. You know, correctly. Listen, Phil Collins, uh, I lived through the era of Phil Collins hate. Um, it was it was not a short period. Uh, I, I watched the transition from people begrudgingly liking him even when they didn't uh, to, no, I just hate you. You're too successful. Mm-hmm. Ed, you're a nightmare and look at your hairline or whatever it was that people were doing. <laughs> and then the South Park now. era and everything that came after that. Um, I don't have hair anymore. Oh, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, I to me, I think of uh, Phil Collins as uh, as a detective doing a bad job of finding Robin Williams' kids in Hook. That's what I he's, think of. I thought he was Smee. Oh no 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 no! He's not what? He's not Smee. Super no, Mario. Bob, the, Bob the, Hoskins. Is, Bob. Okay, Bob I, Hoskins I think I can be excused for confusing Bob Hoskins and Phil Collins. <laughs> I, what? Why? <laughs> That's a statement. <laughs> we're going to listen. You were going to come for me over this. You'll be in my heart stuff. And you can't tell the difference between Bob Hoskins and Phil Collins. Mm-mm, mm-mm, sir. Uh, anyway, I mean, they're, they're, is, both, they're cockney and bald. <laughs> what? Anyway, look, he has that great line in hook where Toodles comes in and says, I've forgotten how to fly. And he just, and Phil Collins just says, well, one does. And I was like, wow, that's deep. Great line. Anyway, I love Phil Collins. I don't really get the Phil Collins hate, even when he has these songs that 
are, you know, like you'll be in my heart to me is like, that's like the nader. Like that's the end of his career, right? Like that song came out and after that, everybody hated him for a really long time. But I love that he song. He won an Oscar. I, I know he did. That made people hate him even more. I was there. I remember. <laughs> Nothing breeds resentment like awards. Yeah. yeah. But Easy Lover, man, we'll get into it. But I take Easy Lover over Maneater. And I thought about it for a long time before I made that choice. I didn't, I didn't do it lightly. I promise. Todd, what about you? There's only one good song in this thing, and it's Easy Lover. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus. Coming hard okay. for Maneater. I've never gotten the big deal about fucking Maneater. All, all, all my favorite Hall & Oates stuff is from the 70s. I'd, uh, you know, all the, their 80s stuff is, like, catchy, but it's a little too slick and it's a little too annoying for me. That, that bass groove, that, that double-delayed sax solo, like... The sax... <laughs> I, I, you know, I was re-listening it to uh, for, for this episode, and uh, yeah, that sax does kill. That I will, I, I, I'm going way too hard on Maneater. It's fine. It's a good song. It's ab- above, uh, you know, 500. It's above the Mendoza line. But it's uh, my go-to karaoke leadoff. It's no easy lover, which is like a 10 out of 10. Like, I don't even know why this is controversial. I mean, I'm not arguing with you that Easy Lover is a 10 out of 10. I'm saying that Maneater yeah. is also a 10 out of 10. You, you were talking about, you remember when Phil Collins was like the lamest thing in the universe. And I'm fairly certain that started before Tarzan. It really, listen, I remember that it was still, you could, you were still allowed. When, when the Tarzan soundtrack came out, uh, it was illegal. People were in jail behind bars dead man walking for like in phil collins it was like dire I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure as early as 1983 it was okay to hate phil collins like it was a pretty no it was okay to hate him i'm saying that like to to like him even a little bit in 1999 was punishable by death anyway my point was hall and Oates was also incredible lame when, they when were deeply mocked for a long time. It's true. They were the, like the lamest band that had ever existed. And in fact, they were the first band I can remember the critics turning around on. This would have been like 99 and they were already, they were, had been lame for quite a while. And I was already starting to hear rumblings of, you know, actually, actually, I think Hall and Oates is good. Actually. It's one of those things that I am young enough that I never got it. I never understood why Hall and Oates were a punchline. You know, I'm not entirely clear either, honestly. I, it, it may have been just because they peaked in the early MTV era when every video was the lamest thing you ever saw. <laughs> I think that contributed to it. I think also there's a there's a degree of easy listeningness, Muzak, to the production of a lot of their 80s music in particular. It's an easy listen. It is. It really is. And I think that that um, I think that had a really big play. And, I, you know, I just people were, I think, made fun of their hair. I think, um, they you do. know, they, m- mustaches really went through a dark period. Both of these bands, got, these artists got it for their hair or in Phil's case, lack of hair. Yeah, I'll tell you, as somebody who when not wearing a wig has basically the same hairline as Phil Collins, I, you know, I, I, I have a certain degree of empathy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not making fun of Phil Collins for being bald, but he did certainly get it. And for what it's worth, you have a much, much 
thicker and more luscious hair than Phil Collins, I think, ever did. Like even from when he was like a teenager. Now I have a pinhead. That's why it's just I have I have less head <laughs> per capita for the strands. Is the thing. anyway? Uh, he does so, also have a j- very large looking head. That is true. He got a melon. Okay, so look, let's let's start with um, the place that you wanted to start, um, and then I some asshole was like, "Don't do that." Uh, whoever that was, we won't investigate. But this Phil Bailey, Philip Bailey, is kind of the the starting place here. Because, uh, as you wanted to start with, he is one of the the singers and uh, has this beautiful falsetto of a band that we have covered in the past called Earth, Wind, and Fire. The more I find out about it, like this does seem like the strangest combination that I, you know, Philip Bailey from Earth, Wind, and Fire. He sang September. He sang Shining Star. Why is he working with Phil Collins? I looked it up, and all I saw was. He asked Phil Collins to produce his debut solo record. I mean, Phil had the uh, hit-making touch in 1984, 85. That's certainly true. And also, I'm, I'm just pulling this out of my memory banks. I think the horn section from Earth, Wind, and Fire worked with Genesis on um, No Reply at All. Could be. I have not. I, th- I think I think that's right. Well, here's okay. So here's a, a thing that is very important to talk about. Uh, I'm glad that we have brought up. Phil Bailey, since it is, this song is on his album, not on Phil Collins, it's on, it's on Chinese Wall. But the other thing to really kind of keep in mind is that that record, and in particular this song, there is a third party that we have to discuss. There is a third person involved, and that man's name is, Nath- is, is Nathan East. <laughs> Who okay. did you say instead, you dipshit? Who is it? How did you ruin? Jesus. Oh, no. It was part of every relationship. <laughs> what is? I don't know what's happening. Did you leave room for the Lord? When, 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 when there was only one set of footprints, that is when Jesus was carrying Phil in one hand and Philip in the other. Uh, no, in this case, that 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 man is Nathan East. He was the bassist. He also was one of the uh, songwriters on this. He was involved with the entire songwriting production of this. Enti- well, not every song, but. He wrote some songs on this album, Chinese Wall. He worked on the entire album. And I think a lot of people kind of forget about him. And I think at at your peril, the guy has worked with everybody. Um, and I think very notably for the, the Youngs, he wrote the bass line for Get Lucky. What? what? <laughs> okay. Yes. That's a He's long the- career. He's the yes. Yeah. He's 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 worked with everyone from from these folks to Eric Clapton to George Harrison. Uh, I mean, the list is at Michael Jackson. If you look back, if you look at his career, it's it's enormous. And yes, it, it happens to include Daft Punk, and that's pretty cool. Uh, and he plays a really big part in this song. And I would say. One of my only criticisms of Easy Lover is that I wish that the bass was a was a louder presence in the song because if you listen, it's a really good bass line. Um, and that's the thing that's the thing that actually sells the song to me is and we've talked about this I think in past episodes is the rhythm section. A great rhythm section can be transformative, and I think the rhythm section on Easy Lover is absolutely top tier. Everyone thinks this is Phil's song. Because he's the biggest star, but also because the main instrument yeah. on Easy Lover, as far as I'm concerned, is the drums. It's the oh, first yeah. thing you hear. It is the thing you hear the entire th- 
I don't know if Phil has ever hit the drums that loud. He is just smashing those suckers. I mean, he even sneaks. Just, he even sneaks in his other really well known drum line. It's in there. It's the, really dun, big. Dun, 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 dun. It's it, It's in this track too. He snuck it in. I'm gonna go back and listen to all of Phil's songs now to see if he's he snuck that drum fill in there. It's a, it's a goodie for sure. But yeah, I mean, like I think that that when you sit down and talk about why this song is as good as it is, uh, I think that. My favorite part of Easy Lover is um, not just the drum line, but a very specific part that shows up whenever they circle around to the chorus is that the drum line follows the lyrics, but they come in like a second early as though instead of saying she's an easy lover, it's like she's it's like he's saying and she's and he, it's like, yeah, dun, dun, dun. And it hits so hard, and he hits that symbol like it. It just the crash of it is so great, and he just yeah, he really he hits that thing like he like he's trying to kill it, <laughs> and he does. Oh, it's like Dave Grohl shit on, on there. It's deeply satisfying. Um, and yeah, I have to say, have you seen the music video? <laughs> That's a fun video. It's a it's a stupid video, but you know you know what my favorite part of that video is? What is that? They include audio of the vid, it's like you actually <laughs> hear the audio of the video instead of it just being the track, the studio track, mm-hmm. and that includes them the singing video. live to the track. That that is true, and it's it's fucking cool. <laughs> like it's really dorky. It's a really dorky video, but that part is like, oh right, these guys are amazing. I feel like the song doesn't get the credit it deserves because the two of them look so lame. Him in his Phil Collins suit and uh, Philip Bailey in his Cosby sweater. Phil Phil Collins <laughs> is so young. He looks like a little Zoomer in this video to me. Like, he just looks adorable. He looks like he worked in the comic book store with me in, like, the, the mid-2000s, right? Like, he just he's just a little sweetie. He's adorable. He's a cutie. He's got to be like 35 already. Uh, he looks like a, to be, to, well, remember that that's, that's much younger than me. Uh, so, yeah. you know, to me, he, he looks like he's two. No, he's always been like 43 to me. I can't, like even at his youngest. Even at his oldest, he looks 43 to me. So I <laughs> Yeah, and I'll tell you one other thing that uh, I think probably puts Easy Lover over Maneater for me. Philip Bailey and Phil Collins seem to like each other. Oh. <laughs> oh. In, in case you don't know, uh, Holland Oates despise each other for a thoroughly unknown reasons. But Daryl it's like Hall the, and John Oates. They're not uh, Holland Oates. There's this, there's no concept of this two-headed monster Holland Oates. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what my little brother is uh, hinting at is that they are technically not Holland Oates and never were. They are Daryl Hall and John Oates. They have been credited as that on every album. They hate being called Holland Oates because they hate each other. Yes, unfortunately for them, they are living inside of a simulation, <laughs> and the simulation is that they are one person, and that man's name is Holland Oates. Uh, <laughs> like a full like a Steve Martin, Lily Tomlin thing where they're sharing the same body. Oh, God. What a what a reference! What a <laughs> reference you've made. Uh, I, I, we're eighties all over in here. I know my eighties. All right, 
I mean, you were only around for part of them, so. You've seen all the classics? You know every line? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else it is that we can say about Easy Lover before we talk about it. It's like, you know, I don't want to just say Maneater. It's not as good and uh, John and Daryl hate each other. That's, there's, there's <laughs> got to be. they made such beautiful music together. There's tea parties. Is that all there is to life? There's got to be more. Um, they did make very beautiful music together. You were saying that um, that you really preferred their 70s, 70s, they were more- 70s material. Um, el- elaborate. In the 80s, they developed their own Hall & Oates sound, which is a weird, dorky little rock kind of thing where it's kind of rock, it's kind of soul. And I don't know, it always struck me as kind of stiff versus the 70s stuff, which is not as original, but they were really good at it, just like straight soul covers. Yeah, you know, your your Sarah Smiles and your uh, She's Gone. Your Rich Girls. And... I don't know. In the 80s, they developed their own kind of sound, which that's where they did. Uh, you make my dreams come true. Kisses on my list. And out of touch. Out of touch. And I'm just not as much into their 80s stuff. I don't know. I, if you if they got a bad reputation over the <laughs> years, I think it's from that stuff specifically because it's so dorky. I like it. Uh, oh, you know what I was going to say about Maneater? I like I do like that song. But, you know. This is a rare instance where somebody ripped off that song and made a better song. And I think that and I think that that happens when the person doing the ripping off is Stevie Wonder. What did he rip it off for? Well, he he Part, made Part-Time Lover. Part-Time Lover? Part-Time Lover is app oh. is the same song. Huh. Yeah, I never thought of that. Oh my gosh, listen to them back to back. They oh, are yeah, actually. They are I mean, deeply got, the know, same. We had someone tell us that we should have put a uh, Easy Lover against Part-Time Lover. And I guess man eater against part time lover. Yeah, part time. So here's here's the thing. There's there's a kind of a, a quartet for me. I think it's easy lover, man eater, part time lover, and honestly, uh, somebody said this at some point. Maybe they deleted it. I didn't see it in the follow up when I was looking again. But uh, I know everybody gets so tired when we bring in a beetle. But uh, say 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 belongs on this list too. Um, oh yeah. Big yeah. time, big time. Just because, um, to me, the 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 Phil and Philip of it really naturally lends itself to um, doing a the the Paul and 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 Michael Jackson of it all. Uh, and you know what? It's a, that's another one of those where just like Easy Lover, I think does not quite get as much love as it deserves. Say 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 is often deeply poo pooed. I wish I didn't say it that way. Yeah, same. people don't like that song. <laughs> I, I regret everything, but uh, uh, people didn't like it then. People don't like it now. Honestly, "Say Say Say" is a great song. It's really, really well done. George Martin is the producer on it, and yet you can still hear the Motown influence that that was brought into the thing. But like, it's just a, it's just such a tight, perfect little song. And I think that all those four kind of live in a in a similar space. Boy. Cool story, Gramps. Uh, anyway. Um, man, you, you are the first person I've ever heard stand up for Say, Say, Say. I really like it. I, I, you know, I think part of that is because I'd picked up the um, the pure McCartney box set uh, <laughs> records, which includes a, like a lot of like hand-picked songs by McCartney and his team, and he included Say, 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 even though he has that very 
not great relationship with Michael Jackson. I guess not anymore, but you know, yeah. they, they famously were not getting along for a long time uh, since Michael Jackson bought all of their music right. away. Anyway, so yeah, I think that song is really, really good. If you haven't heard it in a while, listen to it while listening to those other three songs and they really all complement each other very well. Well, I will say this. I, I definitely like Man Eater more than I like Say, Say, Say or Part-Time Lover. Really? Wow. Yeah. You know, I was I was reading one of the Hall and o- well, Daryl Hall's interviews, and he said something that kind of stuck with me. He's like, what's your favorite Hall and Oates song? He was asked. And he was like, uh, I would say She's Gone, because that was a true Hall and Oates collaboration. We wrote that together. Everything else I wrote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not. That is not true. Like this is a this was a John Oates song. He he's even talked about the creation of it, where he he mentions uh, John Oates was working on this with uh, God. What was it? Edgar Winter. Edgar Winters. Yes. Uh, And then he brought it to me, and I was like, "What if we change the chord structure a little?" And then brought in more Motown influence, and that was the song. This was an this was a John Oates original. Yeah, I think Daryl Hall just thinks that he is the talent, and that he's just been dragging Oates along for the ride. Is why he. says says that and why they don't get along. Maybe he was just saying that all of his other songs from Holland Oates that he likes are the ones that he wrote. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Oates does have quite a few credits on those uh, on those singles. Not every not all of them. Hall wrote all of them. Oates co-wrote some of them. This one was one of them. And, you know, you were talking about the bass on Easy Lover. The bass on Maneater fucking rules. It sure does. Absolutely does. But the thing is that that's because it it literally starts the song, so you can't ignore it. Yeah. Right? It literally dun, starts dun, on... Dun, bum, 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 bum. Dun, 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 dun. And um, that's funny, because it's it's basically just the, a minor key version of the bass line from You Can't Hurry Love. I yes. Mean, do, yeah. you mean, do you mean a song covered by Phil Collins? Yes. I think yeah. like that year, there's connections all over the place. All the 80s weenie rock was connected to each other. Michael McDonald's in there somewhere also. You gotta have uh, like Michael a, McDonald's is in there with Hall and Oates for being more popular among black audiences than white audiences at the time. Oh, I don't we, believe that's true. Maybe for McDonald, but not for Hall and Oates. We gotta, we gotta talk about something that's very right. important. And it relates to a thing that Phil Collins talked about, because you know, the one of the big deals about this album was that uh, there were people supposedly uh, that were very hesitant to have Phil Collins produce an album from one of the members of Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, and this feeling that the 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 white guy was going to come in and, and ruin it. He was just gonna he was just gonna whitewash the whole thing. You know, ultimately it it seems to have worked out okay. But there is a <laughs> a quote, and I I have to I just have to read it. You, you go ahead and read that. It's an amazing okay. It's off, it's off. It's off of Sun Facts. Um, that ain't black music, and that ain't white music. That's kind of an interesting color of beige. That's a quote from Phil Collins. And let me tell you, um, beige. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, if you're listening, 
is not an interesting color. <laughs> it is the opposite. Literally, whenever we talk about things in this household that we are completely unimpressed by, when they're just so boring, we refer to them as, quote, the beigest. <laughs> an interesting beige. Like, listen, I'm sure somebody else could come in and say, like, that that sounds racist. I don't know. I don't. That's above my pay grade. But I can tell you that beige is not an interesting color. That I am qualified to speak on. It's also not between black and white. <laughs> it's I mean, also I'm, a color you could use to describe white people. Like. Yes. <laughs> it's a weird. It's a weird statement for so many reasons, but none more for me than the fact that beige is not interesting. That is, that, that, yeah, that, that is, yeah, every, everybody knows that. Like, <laughs> not, oh. not Phil Collins, boy. He don't know. He doesn't know. He, he didn't know at the time, I guess. He was talking afterwards, like this brought him some of the hip hop crowd. Yeah. Yes. He did say that. And you, you know, you were talking about like black people love Hall and Oates. Uh, black people love Phil Collins too. Like a lot, but they. I, but this was sort of a turnaround for him, right? I don't know if they yeah. loved him before this. You know, I, that's something I've heard that black people love Phil Collins. I'm not sure I believe it, and like certainly, like he did an extremely white cover of uh, "You Can't Hurry Love." Yes, he did. <laughs> I, I just the love first that he said time that I he, ever heard that song. I could not believe that what I was hearing because it was just on the radio, just out of like it was during a section where they were doing like, "All right, next coming up, we're the." a cover of a Motown song by an artist you might not expect. And then we get past the commercial break and I'm like, is that Phil Collins? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So you said that you brought up hip hop. It, it's important to note that he referred to them as the hip hop brigade. What, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Phil, I know you're, you're British, but you can't be that. The hip hop brigade. I just... I the the hip poppity hipsters those beatbox machines they're big fans of mine it's just incredible oh Phil Collins never change anyway um we were right. talking about man eater I know but that's funny I derailed yeah, I, with purpose I will say this I was I was joking on um Hollow Notes and their dorky videos i like the man eater video i like it a lot i it's think all... it's not as eventful or impactful as the easy lover video there's just a lot to latch onto in the easy lover video that's weird and campy uh but that shot of the woman walking toward the camera and then it f fades her and replaces her with the the jaguar panther or whatever it is that is an iconic shot i just so... like that john oates was like i'm out <laughs> <laughs> he was like they decided they were going to bring in a, a literal jungle cat and I was like I can't with this shit <laughs> I am leaving and let me tell you that I respect that I don't like when the talent walks off set as a rule but this is understandable well they said it got loose yes <laughs> I would be, are you kidding? The second it even showed up, they had it like changed to the floor. And let me tell you, that's the, it's a jungle cat. What do you think? Well, it's just going to hang out when there's fresh meat. Can, why no, did no, you need no, to no, film no, it no, here? No. 
<laughs> I, it's absolutely mind-blowing to me. It is, but it is very famously from that era where the music video was becoming big, but nobody really knew what to do with that. So they would just be like, let's just like literal, like let's just do the most literal, before the, the we actually had the literal interpretations of music videos as a YouTube thing. They just did it. It's just a thing people did. Yeah, they have to. It's like she, we sing that she's a jaguar in the song, so we need an actual jaguar. But I, I do like that video because just uh, it's just like the perfect early MTV with like a lot of shadow and Dutch angles. When Daryl Hall sings the title line, it looks straight at the camera. It's like whoosh, he, she, she's a man eater, <laughs> and he looks so serious. It's just people did not know how to carry themselves in music videos, like on camera at the time. What's the best part of that song? It's the sax solo, right? It's, yeah, it's the sax. Or, or even like the little sax licks in the intro, I think. You know what's weird about that? Are you familiar with the fact that John Oates decided to revisit Maneater during the pandemic? It, Go on. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that it mean? It means that he did a new version of it, and he did it with a, a saxophone player who goes by the moniker Sax Squatch. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't, you know, I, here's what I'll say. So, you know, I absolutely believe that, that John Oates is sort of like the, the, the beginning, the genesis of the song. But the, the way in which it became a, this sort of 80s poppy thing, that... That is Daryl Hall. I think that that's the stuff. Like when Daryl Hall says that he wrote everything, even though that's not really true. I think if John Oates sort of had his druthers, things would be a lot looser, a little more jammy and, you know, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and that's really, that's all you can say about it. I think that that's sort of the thing that Daryl Hall brings is 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 the poptimism, the pop sensibility that makes the song what it is. Otherwise it would get lost in the weeds of like, Hey, let's just jam this one out for a while. Hey, sack squatch. Just squatch it for a while. Just squatch on that sax and let's see what happens. I will say that, uh, all of the oats led songs I've heard from Holland oats. Uh, he does seem to be having a lot more fun than Daryl Hall does on those albums. But fun does not always equal good. <laughs> True. Uh, there is one on, uh, that album. I think it's H2O, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's H2O. Where they're There's just one facing that... each other and sweating. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what happened? They just broke up. You know, I had a friend once tell me that uh, sometimes straight men don't realize they're dating. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I think that that was the case with, uh, with Daryl Hall and John Oates. And just like any um, relationship, uh, when you have a breakup, it's for keeps. You know, I, I some of them got married at some point. I'm just sure resentment happened. Like I don't. At first, it started out as like a dumb joke, but then I realized that no, like that actually is probably legit. Like I think they were probably just two straight guys that didn't realize they were dating until it was too late. Well, now they have to tour together forever. It's yep. It's sure yeah. is going to be something else. Here we go. <laughs> no, I've heard they. You know, they just don't talk to each other at all. They get on stage, they do their show, and then they go to separate rooms, like without speaking once to each other. Man, that's very relatable. That's exactly how Todd and I do this podcast. It is. That's true. Right. Todd moved across the country just to get away. <laughs> 3,000 miles. Uh, if it, you know, 
if this uh, podcast wasn't such a humongous cash cow, we wouldn't speak ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it brings us in so much money. Thank you, listeners. Here's a question. Which woman is more evil, the man-eater or the easy lover? Because, you know, Um, I've never been entirely clear what either of these songs are accusing their title character of. uh, I think man-eater is pretty explicit about her being a gold digger. Is it? Yeah, I mean, to the team I mean, by the just, fur of the Jaguar, they're talking about cars. Like, it's uh, if you're in it for love, you ain't going to get too far. Right? Money's the matter. I mean, no, again, it's mind over matter. It, it sounds like money's the matter to me, but like. <laughs> jo- John uh, has said that eventually the song became about New York City and he's not lying. really. He's at a, no, it's not. No. That, <laughs> <laughs> I, all right. If you none say of, so. No, no, Boy, none of these, none of these sound you? like. I would never accuse someone of lying in five minutes. I'm going to call Todd a liar for nothing. <laughs> no, you won't. You liar. <laughs> She's sitting with you, but her eyes are on the door. So many have paid to see what you think you're getting for free. The woman is a wild, a she cat tamed by the purr of a jaguar. None of this sounds like a city to me. Well, the thing is that easy lover. I don't, I never really thought of it as being about like, an evil woman. To me, it's a it's a song about um, psyching yourself out. You you, you remember that um, when John Cusack goes to the woman that he dated in uh, in uh, High Fidelity? High Fidelity. Uh, you mean uh, we're talking about Catherine Zeta Jones? Yeah, and like he just couldn't handle being with Catherine Zeta Jones because he felt that she was too good for him, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. ruined the relationship over that. To me, that's what Easy Lover is about. Like it's not really, but like. The guy who sings the song, the the character they've written, if it's a character, um, to me that character is is John Cusack dating Catherine Zeta Jones in High Fidelity. He's that guy. You know, I've never actually processed all of the Easy Lover lyrics in like together. So let me actually do this. Uh, before you know it, you'll be on your knees. Is this a Dominatrix? She will is play that what around these songs and leave you. Versus Dominatrix. I she'll, wish she'll play it around and great. leave you, leave you and deceive you. Uh, Better forget it. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, you'll regret it. That could have gone far worse, so I I want some (laughs) congratulations for that. (laughs) Congratulations. I'm very proud of my falsetto. Yeah, I'm not doing this one at karaoke anytime soon. Look, I can be the Philip Bailey. You do the Phil Collins part. It'll be okay. I I probably can't do the Phil Collins part either. He's really getting it in this song. Like, he's doing it. I feel like that's my the big difference between these songs. Like, you were saying, like, Daryl Hall has it, like, he he keeps it tight. He keeps it restrained. Easy Lover is not a restrained song. Like, that's that guitar solo rips. Yeah, that guitar solo is just insanely good. I, yeah, I, I, I forget who it was. It's, it's some guy who's, like, tours for Genesis. I, I listened to the entire Chinese Wall album, and it's not great. But it is. It's okay. I think so. The thing about that album is that um, they wrote it, and they didn't have a single, so they went back. And you can really tell, because especially in the placement of Easy Lover, like the song immediately preceding it, "Go" is basically just an Earth, Wind, and Fire B side to me. Like it's not bad. It's not a bad song, but like you can tell that like. It's like somebody had that in their back pocket. And by someone, I mean Philip Bailey. Uh, and then after Easy Lover, uh, Show You the Way to Love, which is like very treacly, ballady bullshit. And it's definitely one of the the less good songs on that record. There's good stuff on there, though. Um, I would say if you're going to dig in 
and you don't want to listen straight through. Uh, I think I Go Crazy is actually pretty good. That's like, imagine if one of, remember when Eddie Murphy had tried to make a music career? Like, imagine if there was like a good Eddie Murphy song. Like, like that song sounds like it would be on like an Eddie Murphy movie soundtrack. And it's pretty good uh, on the on the track, on the studio track. And if you listen to it, I think you can tell right away that it's one of those songs that probably really kills live that's a real Scott Pilgrim thing to say. You, yeah. you should really, you should really see him live. You should really know, like, <laughs> hear Chinese Wall live, man. You know, I heard a few songs on that album that were like, "This is just uh, Phil and Philip trying to be Prince." Yeah, well, I go crazy is very. Um, that's very Michael Jacksony to me. Um, mm-hmm. You can you can really tell. Like you're like, huh? What in the thrillers going on here? Uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, you make what you're listening to at the time and. Everybody was listening to Phil. <laughs> yeah, well, like just the next year, uh, Phil would make a what is it, Susudio, and the the riff from that is basically just a rip off of uh, the riff from 1999 by Prince. It sure is. It surely is. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. Like the Chinese Wall is not as good as album as H2O. But I wouldn't call H2O a great album either, to be honest. No, with you. Like, like well, part of it was okay. like because it was so familiar with it because because you know like half those songs were hits. I mean, like. Hall and Oates was just piling out hits at the time, but I wouldn't call it a great album either. That's what's on there. Family Man, Out of Touch. Am I right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. At it. Yeah, no, none of these are my favorite Hall and Oates songs. What are your favorite Hall and Oates One songs? One on One is on there. Uh, Family Man. Uh, out of Touch is not on here. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll go back in and look at it, but I, I, I want to just once again, because we brought up Thriller, you know, when people make fun of Say, 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 they say that it's nowhere near good as The Girl Is Mine, which is one of the two other Paul McCartney, Michael Jackson songs, but that one is on Thriller. I'm going to tell you, I don't think The Girl is, the doggone girl is mine. No, really? no one likes that song. But people say that it's better than Say, 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 and nah, man, a, I'm, t- I'm a, telling you, revisit can... Say, Say, Say. I really, I really stand by it. I have uh, a I have a fondness for the girl is mine that is unrelated fine. to its quality. Like, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I think say 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 if you go back in and listen, the harmonica stuff is really great. The 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 back and forth because Paul is kind of a little more cool on the the love relationship and and Michael Jackson is like really passionate, like way over into it, uh, but in a way that I think really works. Anyway, uh, well, yeah. What else is on the? What's H2O? your favorite? Oates has one song on there called Italian Girls that. I like a lot, and I was like, "Will not prove to anybody that Oates was like secretly underrated in the duo, or that yeah, he, he was you know on a par with Daryl Hall." But I do like that song quite a lot because it's very silly. A lot uh, of his songs are very silly. Uh, just like on Private Eyes, he has one about calling a girl up uh, and leaving a voicemail. Because her message says, call me back on Friday. And then she doesn't call on Friday. Like <laughs> He calls on Saturday. He gets the same message. <laughs> Friday, Friday. Sorry. Uh, oh, man. Uh, John Oates entertains me. I like the, Oh, man. I, uh, the private eye of them. There's some good stuff on there. Maybe I do like 80s Hall and well, Oates. Uh, well, here's the thing that I was going to say. Um, yeah. If you ask me what my favorite Hall and Oates song is, my answer is private eyes. That's a good answer. The ass watching you. It's it's instinctive. I can't not do it. Yeah. <laughs> watching your every move. Perfect Daryl Hall impression. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, 
I hope everybody <laughs> really enjoyed my falsetto. <laughs> Philip Bailey does privatize. Uh, I'm number three. Yeah. I'm number three. Uh, yeah. Did you know, by the way, that um, if you call the phone number 71926 yeah. that and this started 2011, 2011. Yes. Call they, and Oats, uh, your Holland Oats emergency hotline. Yes. I, I checked it. And it's, it's still, still alive. It's, it's still, still there. Outstanding. What, what, what do you get when you call them? Uh, it's, it's a robotic voice. It takes you to a phone tree. It goes, welcome to Call and Oats, your Hall and Oats emergency helpline for, and I think it's Maneater, press one. Maneater is two. Maneater is two. What's number one? I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. Now. I, mean, I just know Maneater is I think, two. Uh, I don't remember what four songs are on there right now. It used to be six and it was a different selection. Uh, but yeah, you it, and then you just listen to a Hall and Oates song on your phone, you know, through your phone speaker. It's- that is the coolest weird thing about that song. Meanwhile, the coolest weird thing about Easy Lover, no doubt, is that it was the theme song to the very first WrestleMania. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yes, I know I a lot WrestleMania of WrestleMania one, the original WrestleMania, <laughs> the song because they pick you know they pick a lot of uh, like Flo Rida has been yeah, I think, like, I, yeah. has been the, has been the guy for a number of years, but like okay. it was originally Phil and Phil. Okay, see, I'm glad you told me that because knowing that the the theme for the first WrestleMania was just a big pop song at the time really makes my understanding of later WrestleMania themes much better. <laughs> It's important to know that when uh, the Hulkamaniacs were going to go up against Mr. T, <laughs> when you were pitying that fool, you were pitying that fool to the dulcet tones of <laughs> Phil Bailey and, and Phil Collins. Wow, that's amazing. Which one is, here's my question. Um, if, if, if one of those two men, Hulk Hogan or Mr. T, is an easy lover, which one is it, do you think? Which one of them is an easy lover? I would never describe Hulk Hogan as easy, but I would also <laughs> never describe Mr. T as easy either. So. I don't. It's tough. It's tough to well, say. That's, that's amazing because I have a clip here of uh, Phil Collins being wrestled to the ground by the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> that's amazing. Two, two hearts. <laughs> I don't know what this is from, but I know I have seen this before and I'm looking at it now. And the Ultimate Warrior is just destroying Phil Collins. I, you know, I've never really been a huge, huge wrestling fan. Um, I, when I worked at a GameStop, it necessitated that I know things about it because um, working in a video game store, um, everybody is a fan of wrestling in that community. So you either know about it or you don't get to be part of the conversation. But uh, what I will say about wrestling is that it's basically just drag. <laughs> it's just drag. I mean, like, you just, but like comical masculinity as opposed to like a farce of femininity, you know? That's, a, that's it. That's my hot take that's, about wrestling. I've never heard that take before, and I'm so glad I have it now. Yes, that's good. I'm going to keep you're that well, You're welcome, I'm going to spread that everywhere. Yes, right. spread, it, spread it to the masses. Anyway, continue. What's your favorite Phil Collins song? That's tough. That's really tough. Um, uh, for me, it is Easy Lover, easily, like yeah. by a wide margin. Easily it's, Lover for me, too. Yep. Uh, once again, I, as you know, I do <laughs> you'll love be You'll Be heart. In My Heart. Yeah. That <laughs> is up there for me. I can't even, you know, I don't know why it is that I was going to back off that position. Like, like suddenly people were going to be like, <laughs> oh, no, Lena's not cool. 
<laughs> I don't think I dislike any Phil Collins song, but like that, you'll be in my heart is like way at the bottom. Oh, I love that song. What's my second favorite Phil Collins song? Is it Another Day in Paradise? It's mine. Take me I home. Really, I really do like uh, uh, Studio Su Studio. I do like Su-su, that song. Su Studio. And I like In the Air Tonight. I can't. I can't lie. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, but like, yeah, the covers are weird, right? Like, you can't hurry love, really. And a groovy kind of love. Ooh, no, 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 there's Ooh. a that sucks. And, it, well, sucks. And, well, and here's the thing, credit where credit is due. Uh, I mean, Phil Collins still picked it. That song was never good. Uh, <laughs> we got a groovy kind of, what is that, Donovan? I, uh, no, but at least I think they're in called the, the Mindbenders. Oh, is it? All right, that's got a real. At least in the original version, you can kind of feel the word groovy somewhere, like yeah. anywhere, even in the hippie-ish like version of it, not an actual groove, but Phil Collins, there's nothing groovy about that version. Nothing at all. No, it's pretty bad. That is, that is, I think probably one of the worst covers that I can think of off the top of my head while we're talking about Phil Collins. Uh, you know, all right. Well, we talked for almost an hour. Jesus. Um, oh, why don't we do the, why don't we do the questions? I always think uh, this one's going to be short every week. I think it every episode. I'm like, surely this time. It's never happened. All right. Surely we so, won't pick two artists with a lot of history and great things to talk about. So anyway, after like an hour of blah, blah, blickety bullshit, um, we try to pretend like professionals and we have these questions that sort of, you know, just they rally the whole thing. They make it all make sense. Uh, the first question is is thus. Uh, one of these songs is going away. <laughs> Goodbye. Farewell forever. And one of them is going to stick around. Uh, for the culture, Victor... Which mu- which one of these songs must remain? I, ooh, ooh, like because this is this is one of Hollow Notes's signature songs, right? Like in the top three, probably of like most recognizable for them. Uh, it was their longest tenured number one. But I don't know if I want to take away just the singular item that is Easy Lover. I don't think there's anything quite like it for me. So I'm going to have to say Easy Lover gets to stay. It's, it's, it's Phil Bailey's only solo top 40 hit, right? Yeah, we'll keep it. Yeah. We're going to keep it. Oh. What, do you, what do you think, Todd? I mean, like, Holland Oates has so many number one hits. Six of them. I mean, Phil does too. but Or does he? I don't know. I feel like this is not like, like, for me, it's the best Phil Collins song. But I don't know if it'd be like, if you, like, compiled a fan top five, I'm not sure it'd make it to the top five. Versus Maneater, which would absolutely make it to the top five Hall and Oates. And I don't know. I feel like Maneater has a bigger shadow. Man, I don't know. I don't know. You are right that there is no song like Easy Lover. I pass. I pass. Well, I'm going to weigh in on this one just so we can settle it forever and no one will ever have to think about it again. Only one of these songs and only one time in history has the word beige been referred to as interesting <laughs> you, you take away easy lover and you take away that one shining moment for the color beige so to me it's 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 it's, it's gotta be it's gotta be phil and phil easy lover for me it's gotta stay okay for beige i'm doing it for beige i need phil collins to make his next like live album or greatest hits album called an interesting shade of beige <laughs> <laughs> no i want it to be called doing it for beige <laughs> Wouldn't uh, you agree? Baby, you and me got a beige kind of love. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know, for what it's worth, Easy Lover should have been number one, and it got blocked 
by uh, I want to know, know what love is by foreigner, which is bullshit. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Um, you could be a fly on the wall. Soup to nuts. You get the whole thing, whole story, music video included uh, for one and only one of these two songs. Victor, historically speaking, which is the one that you want to be able to, to know the things that nobody knows? I want to be there on set for Easy Lover. I don't want to be there on set for Man Eater. I think they were. Oh, and see, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> I want. I want the drama. I just want that. I just want to see these two men be such bastards to each other. And I just want to see two men being total goofballs. So. But I get that every couple of weeks with with you know in real time, and I and I'm one of the two people in the situation. So I, I get. I've got that in my life. I don't have any. As everybody knows about me. I have no drama in my life. I'm a drama-free person. <laughs> so I just really Manifest need that John and Daryl stuff. <laughs> I, if we're doing the video, then I would want to be there for uh, Hall & Oates just to see everyone's look on their face when the fucking panther gets loose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was I was reading about the... They, they did a lot of stupid things for music videos in the 80s. Like in Like a Version, they've got that lion. Yeah. And like there's a lot been said about that too. <laughs> Why is there a lion? <laughs> you think Hall & Oates were like at each other's throats yet by 82 or 81? I like to think that things weren't that bad yet. Uh, Not till 85. I mean, there were clearly signs here if Oates is working with Edgar Winters. I mean. There you go. Yeah. I mean, well, well, to be fair, they were right from the beginning. They were Daryl Hall and John, and John Oates. Oates. There was never a Hall and Oates. Man, what All is right. that about? <laughs> that, that is, Why did they hate each other that much from the very beginning? Uh, that is, I think that's just massive ego. Massive, it's, massive ego. I'm just saying, if you could be and a fly on the hair. wall, we you would know the answer to this question, and that's why. <laughs> okay, we would know. Yeah. We would know for sure. Anyway, all right. So question number three, very important question, I feel in this episode for sure. Megan the Stallion going to get up to some hot girl shit as she does. That's her thing. Uh, and she's going to prepare. She's going to have a playlist of hot girl shit anthems. One of these two songs is going to go on it now and forever. Victor, so important. You're the right person to answer this question. <laughs> Which one of these two songs is hot girl shit? Uh, I feel like, it depends on how mean she wants to be, but by default, it's easy lover. But if she really wants to go out there and just, like, really just lay it down on some people, she goes with Maneater instead. In the Sweetest Pie video, she is literally a Maneater. So I think, <laughs> I think that pretty much settles it. I will say there's even more drumming in the dance remix and it's not somebody else's drumming. There was like another drum track that Phil had that they just incorporated back into the track. So I don't know if we're if we can count the dance remix of Easy Lover, it might win. It might. Mm. I don't know if I were Megan Thee Stallion, I would feel more pumped up by Maneater. That's my feeling. Yeah, I think that you should go back and watch your own video about that song, though, <laughs> and its music video. <laughs> Uh, as to whether or not that's a good choice for Meg. Uh, anyway, yeah, I can yeah. see that. All right, I, I'll concede that Maneater is probably right. Uh, all right, all right. Last one. now, the most important question, not just of the, the podcast, but obviously in all recorded human history. William Shatner, uh, another man who actually does, didn't for a long time have that much hair, but now he does. <laughs> and knows so plenty the, about not getting along with 
people who helped make him famous. Uh, that's very, that's very <laughs> true. <laughs> William Shatner, he's going he's gonna to make a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. Victor, which one of these two songs must be shat upon? Ah, that's a hard one. Maneater is already kind of there, you know? Like, it's it's got the same, like, Shatnery vibe. Dark room, you know, and she can be tamed by the purr of the jaguar. Um, I feel like Easy Lover, when you take away Philip's falsetto, it actually actively loses something. And I, I'm, I'm not sure that Shatner would actually enhance that. Yeah, just hearing him go like, she's the kind of girl you dream of. Dream nah. of. Keep, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't. It doesn't. It. Nope. It's got to be Maneater. It's Maneater. Yeah, it's so funny that we've been talking this whole time, uh, two of the three of us, that that Easy Lover is the better, and yet, without question, it would seem that Maneater is coming out ahead in the four questions. <laughs> well, perhaps the four questions are arbitrary bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps the four questions that I came up with are the most important thing about this show and the most important thing about the world. Uh, really? Maybe everything's made up and the points the don't matter. The, 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 big, the Big Bang, uh, the evolution of, of humankind, the four questions. Anyway, do you want to do the dominoes? <laughs> Not Little Caesars. Fuck that shit. But Pizza Pizza. Did you ever think that maybe <laughs> the reason why they about. say Pizza Pizza <laughs> is because I get now I see what you said, but I went to a pizza place. Do you ever think that the reason why Little Caesar says pizza pizza is because it's not real pizza and they can't just like KFC can't call themselves Kentucky Fried Chicken? Anyway, I, I feel very like you important would... stuff. Riveting. All right. Let's listen okay. to the we're gonna cut that part out and now the listener comments. All right. Ray writes if you're putting a song against Phil Collins, it's gonna be Phil Collins for me every time. Susudio invented the bop. Now, I have a lot of hot takes <laughs> in this episode and all episodes. I'm not sure that I can get behind that one. Respectfully, no. I, you just broke the thermometer, buddy. That's <laughs> Susudio invented the bop. It's going to haunt my dreams. Our brand new sentence. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I feel like that's a person who was in, uh, like, they, they were put in cryogenic freeze right next to Walt Disney's head. And the last time that they were awake is when they were part of the hip-hop brigade <laughs> that loved Easy Lover so much. Richard DeRozzi writes, I just watched The Assassination of Gianni Versace on FX, and now I can't think of Easy Lover without picturing Darren Chris dancing in his underwear as he tortures his older client by placing duct tape all around his face. Sir, I don't think anyone really watched The Assassination of Gianni Versace, but if you did, yes, this scene will be burned into your memory for the entirety of the rest of your life. Like, it is all I can think of. Like, I only didn't bring it up because... Uh, you guys don't know what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah, there's a scene where Darren Chris dances in his underwear while he's torturing a guy. Too easy, lover. This is a, this is a Reservoir Dogs reference, like I kind I mean, of. I guess, yeah, I mean, Michael Madsen wasn't in his underwear, so it's not quite the same thing. Omega Geek writes: When I was a kid, I used to sing "Watch Out, Pigs, She'll Chew You Up." She's a ham eater at my little sister, which naturally drove her into white hot toddler rage. So man eater, obviously. It's a good one. It I, is. I, I like I like that a lot. That's as good a reason <laughs> as any. Generic podcast listener writes, 
This is like making me choose between porridge and oatmeal. Fuck you. Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah. I, when I went to vote on the poll, that was the only comment I read, and I was like, I cannot. I... <laughs> Yes, this you know, generic it, podcast host says eat shit and live. <laughs> if we were doing this like 15, 20 years ago, that would be like all the comments we had. I know. I wonder what like, other episodes you've done that had that kind of response are going to come all the way around like this. You know, that's a, are we going to come all the way around on my humps versus hollow back girl? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get that far. Be, I can't believe we didn't even talk about Nelly Furtado, but I suppose maybe we'll we got a lot of comments of that were like, for another episode. Yeah, we got a lot of comments about like, oh, I thought you meant the Nelly Furtado songs. Like, no, you're old. <laughs> that song although, is. although that song is also 15 years old now or yeah. much older than that, actually. So get <laughs> <laughs> good. All right. D wrinkler. Bowsette writes, I'm like a gay version of the girl described in Maneater. So I picked that one. Oh, Bowsette, I love you. That's my that's my cousin. I'm Boozette. I don't know if you knew. I did not. Uh, yeah. Apparently. Well, anyway, I've been, I've been pale, told that I look tongue. that I look like Boozette in my Twitter profile. So it's just what it made me think of. Anyway, right. well, we're, anyway we're, uh, we're friends now. Watch out, girl. She'll chew you up. All right. Last one. Albert Farkas writes, I don't know. What does Patrick Bateman think? <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to do a Huey Lewis in the news? I'll find episode? one. Well, we Huey already Lewis know the that, news uh, sports. We got to get to that, man. Ooh. What could we possibly put power of love against? It would be a blowout no matter what you chose. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to find one. Nah, the challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. The results. Oh, yeah. Who won? Uh, I've got a little bit of inside knowledge on this because, as I said, I went to vote in the polls. So I'm not going to not going to try to make a prediction here. I, mm-hmm. I saw the results already. You guys got to stop peeking at the results already. I didn't know I was going to be on this episode at the time. <laughs> That's right. We I just signed a mom yesterday. All right. How much do you think? Do you remember? Uh, I do remember. Lena, do you have insider information? Are you going to make a guess? Uh, I mean, I, I saw very early on. Um, so I and I, I don't think that it's likely to change. But my guess is that it would be a, um, a 40-60 split. Toward? Toward uh, Maneater. All right, well, the results have changed. For a total of 483 to 239, that is a full 67 to 33 split. The oh, results geez. was Maneater, which wow. is, that Woof. makes no sense to me. Yeah, actually. I, mean, I just I know think that Hall & Oates is just kind of, I think they've, they've loomed much larger, their catalog, and I feel like Phil Collins in the last, like, Honestly, I do think it's it's we live in a post South Park world. I think that South Park had a really um, detrimental impact on that man's career. I remember Phil Collins not being cool before South Park. I think it was a big nail in the coffin, though. Well, it doesn't help that they he won an Oscar for a song that's just not good. Eat my ass <laughs> and not in a fun way. All right, thank you all for wa- thank you all for listening. We love this show, and we're glad that you love it too. If you love it too. Uh, spread it to everyone you, you uh, everyone you know. Uh, leave us a nice review, and if you donate to our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of bonus episodes, including this month's, which was about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. And we'll see what the uh, next month's is. I haven't put up a poll for that one yet. But if you can't do that, just give us a nice review on Apple or wherever you review podcasts. All right, you ready for the next episode? Yes. No. Sure. No. You yep. need-
you're not. You don't, aren't. Don't, don't oh, do this no. to me again, though. Just make it something that I have no interest in. We're, we're talking like, I don't know, like Pink Floyd versus uh, Yes or something. Well, I mean, I have a lot more investment in Yes than most prog rock bands, but uh, All right. hit um, me, hit me. We are doing Low by Flo Rida <laughs> versus Get Low by Lil John. Oh, wow. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Yeah, I know which one I would pick, but I... I don't. I mean, I love the WrestleMania connection. <laughs> um, God, why? Why, why, why? All right. Well, because I look forward, I look forward to... Because apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, with the... To the window, to the to wall. The wall. <laughs> I feel as though I'm going to be taking quite a backseat in this episode. <laughs> do, do, do you have a guest lined up? Uh, d- I, I mean... mean I'll sit it. I'll sit this one out. Find somebody more qualified to talk about these songs <laughs> than me. Yes. Uh, well, there uh, you go. Uh, before right. everybody goes, very quickly, um, because I was out at Record Store Day and I bought a bunch of records, I wanted to remind people um, that if you if you like this podcast and you like music and you like owning physical releases of music, um, there is a great documentary that came out a little while ago and just got a physical release called Other Music, which is about. Uh, a record store uh, in New York that no longer exists, but was uh, arguably one of, if not the most favorite record store in in New York City uh, called Other Music. And it's just a nice little sort of telling of the history of that store and the importance of small locations like that and how they can sort of build up local bands and have a larger impact on the music scene in general. Uh, Is it a little bit hipster bullshit? Of course it is. But is it fun? Is it interesting? Is it educational? Do you see a lot of cool members of, of, of really good bands over the years? Yes, you do. Uh, so I watched it. I really loved it. Um, Factory 25 is the folks who put out the physical copy of it. Uh, so if you're a lunatic like me and you like physical media, that's a way to get it. Obviously, it also is also uh, streaming. I'm not getting paid. This is not a paid advertisement. I just watched it and thought that y'all would like it, and that's that. And speaking of WrestleMania, if you like your anime full of big burly dudes and you also like podcasts and music, I have a podcast. It's called Joe Star All Stars. We cover every episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, go check it out. We're fun and funny, I think. I have a podcast called Song vs. Song. Check it out. <laughs> See you, everyone. <laughs> Bye.